Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor. Uh, welcome to those who are joining us online, too. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I wanted to, again, just remind everyone, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. It's kind of like the Super Bowl of church services, I think is what they say. Um, it, we're going to continue our series, but we are going to be talking about uh, Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So if you know friends or family members or neighbors that need to know Jesus, bring them next Sunday. Now, don't tell them I'm, you need to know Jesus, that's why I'm bringing you, but invite them to come. It's going to be a great service. We get to celebrate that Jesus is risen. So I'm excited about that. Also, we have those uh, five packs of invite cards. Um, we have plenty of those. Take a five pack and just put it in your purse, put it in your pocket, and invite anyone you see to come to Easter Sunday. People are more likely to come to church on uh, Easter and Christmas. So this is a great time to invite them to come. All right, um, did you guys notice the new landscaping outside? Yeah, let's give a hand to everyone who volunteered in the snow and sleet and rain. <laughs> it was our spring cleanup uh, in, the, in the dead of winter, it felt like. It was crazy. Um, but it looks really nice out there. Again, that part of that is we're just trying to make the church look good and inviting for all of our guests that will be coming next week. So make sure you come and bring a friend. All right, so a question for us today. Does any, is anyone in here a sports car enthusiast? Anyone? Yeah, there's like, all right, like six of us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you guys will like this. Here's a picture of a Dodge Viper. Oh, yeah. I saw one of these this past week. It was really cool. We were driving on 17, and, and it pulled up beside us. And I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's a Dodge Viper. That's a Dodge Viper. Uh, it has 645 horsepower, just to give you an idea. Uh, uh, that's like 645 horses powering it. I mean, if you don't know cars, that's a lot of, a lot of muscle. Can go to 0 to 60 in 3.3 seconds. Man. And uh, top speed is 206 miles per hour. None of us would ever drive that fast, but right. <laughs> Yeah, 206 miles per hour. So anyway, so I saw this guy driving it, and, and they cost anywhere from fifty dollars to $250,000, depending on the model that you get. And I saw this guy driving it, and uh, we were pulling up, and I, I said, Rose, do, do you see that? His head's above the windshield. Like, you know, he, he had a, it was a convertible, and it was like 50 degrees out, and, um, and so he had the top off, and his head was, was above the windshield. And I said, do you think his head hits the top of the car when they put the top on it? I mean, he was a big guy. But here's the reality is that it probably did. I mean, when he, and that's probably why he was driving with the top off at 50 degrees. Um, but if, if he wanted to look really cool in this $50,000 sports car, he had to put up with a low top. You get that? And his head kind of pressing against the top. Some of our taller guys are going, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. But that's something that he had to put up with because there's things in this life that are, that are like that. If you want this, you're going to have to kind of endure that, 
right? You're going to have to kind of put up with it. Uh, many of you know that I'm a Michigan football fan. Not many of you are Michigan football fans, I know that, but I am. And uh, <laughs> one of the things, I'm, I'm not really a Coach Jim Harbaugh fan. I've, I've seen him coach a lot. I, I don't really like his attitude. But if I, but if I want to like and, and, and be a fan of Michigan football, I'm going to have to put up with this coaching, right? I mean, that's just kind of, at least until, what did I write down? 2026. That's when his contract <laughs> expires. Well, you may not be a Michigan football fan, but do I have a few Notre Dame football fans there? Yeah. See, you guys, if you want to be a Notre Dame football fan, you have to put up with shamrocks, leprechauns, and I hope you like the color green, right? Because <laughs> if you're going to be a Notre Dame fan, you're going to wear a lot of green. It's just what's going to happen. My, our grandniece, Bristol, um, she just, she comes as a package. She comes with, she likes puppies, unicorns, and rainbows. I mean, so if you're going to have Bristol over. You're going to have to talk about those things. She's going to wear those things. When you buy her a present, that that's just kind of comes as part of the package. Those of us who are married, we realize that in-laws come with the package, don't they? <laughs> and I love my in-laws. <laughs> I do. I love my in-laws. But they're just part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. And one, of the, one more thing I thought about this week as I was putting this message together is that if you want to live to a grand old age, things start to fall apart after about so many years, 50 years, 40 years. Amen. Can I get an amen, John? <laughs> Reading glasses come with the package. I mean, if you want to live a long time, if you, the only other option is you go see Jesus sooner, right? I mean, that's just kind of... What happens? So there are things in this life that come in packages. Um, it's true in our spiritual life as well. If we want to be followers of Jesus, there are going to be some packages that are part of the deal. I was talking to some, uh, some church planners. I coached some of the church planners in the Vineyard Movement. And so I was talking to them this past week, and uh, they were saying, you know, we just feel like we're getting a lot more spiritual warfare. I said, yeah. If you're going to advance the kingdom and say, yeah, I want to plant a church, you're going to get more spiritual warfare. That's part of the package. And parents here, you guys know, if you want to raise your children the way that the Scripture says to raise them in a godly home, you're going to get some opposition from the world, right? It's just going to happen. I'm pretty sure my dad would be in jail if, uh, if he was raising me right now because we got lickings, and it didn't matter if we were at home or we were out somewhere else. We got lickings, so, you know, the world's going to fight against you as you try to raise your children in a godly way. Um, and many of us participated in the 21-day fast at the beginning of this year, and one of the things you realize is that Man, if we want to grow closer to God and see him move, it comes with sacrifice, personal sacrifice. It's just part of the package. Many things in life come in packages. Now, hold that thought. We're in a series titled Living in Love, and it's a series about having a lifestyle of love as we walk through the book of 1 John. And last week, Pastor Matt taught a message titled, Knowing His Love. 
um, is about a message about how we can know God better by understanding his love for us because God is love. And so if you missed that message, I'd encourage you to go online. You can watch it there. Uh, but today we're going to be reading a section of scripture in 1 John. We'll be in chapter 4. You can turn there if you'd like. And John's telling us about a spiritual package, a spiritual package. You can't have one without the other. And I, and I will, let me just preface this. This is a tough message today. I'm just going to let you know that. Because I think this one is challenging to all of us. It definitely has been challenging to me. Um, but John is saying it pretty clearly here. Uh, it's a condition of loving God. And you know, this year, our, our word for the year is passion. We want to fall more passionately in love with God. But John is saying, okay, but there's, there's something that goes along with that. It's part of the spiritual package. So let's read this, uh, chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And here we go. Here's the spiritual package. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. That's the spiritual package. If we're going to have love and passion for God, we have to be willing to love those around us, our brothers and sisters in Christ. So today's message is titled, Commanded to Love, because it's a command to love our brothers and sisters. So I'm going to, going to give us a couple of, really there are a couple of hints or tidbits from this uh, scripture that would help us it should help us to love those around us, um, but I'll tell you, it's difficult. It's difficult to do this, and we need all the help we can get, right? Um, but first, let me pray, and then we'll get started. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it not only challenges us to do the right things um, and gives us your commandments, but it also gives us ways that we can accomplish it. And we do realize today, Lord, that we can't do any of this without you, without your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come. Just speak to our hearts and minds today. Give me your words to speak, Lord, and open up our ears to hear from you, God. And Satan, I just come against you in the name of Jesus and just declare that you have no authority in this place. And I command you to be silent and ineffective in Jesus' name. The only voice we're going to hear today is the voice of God. Thank you, God, for the authority that you've given us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, a couple of things you can fill in on your handout if you would like. First point, we can love our brothers and sisters when we, first of all, accept all colors, shapes, and sizes. Accept all colors, shapes, and sizes. 
Verse 20 says, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. See, we don't know what God looks like, but we choose to love him. But what we do know is that man, men and women, are made in the image of God. That's who we have seen, the people around us. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Mankind represents every single person in the world. God calls us to love them all, regardless of how they look. Now, Jesus has done this perfectly. He has the perfect love. And it doesn't matter how tall or short they are, Jesus loves them. It doesn't matter how much they weigh. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter the color of their skin, the shape of their eyes, or the style of their hair. It doesn't matter what language they speak, whether they're tattooed, pierced, or branded. Jesus loves them all. But then he, he commands us to love them as well. And that's the problem. Because Jesus' love is perfect and ours is not. Let's just face it. Only God loves perfectly. Our love is conditional. And we tend to love those people who are most like us. They look like us, they act like us, they talk like us. That's the easiest group of people for us to love. But God is calling us to love everyone, and it's, it's a challenge within us. Let me give you an example. Here's a popular painting of Jesus. If you guys have seen this one before, you guys recognize it? It's the all-time most reproduced image of Jesus. Uh, it's called The Head of Christ by artist Warner Salmon from 1940. But here's the problem. In this picture, Jesus has blonde hair and tan skin. And if you blow up the, his eyes, can you see that? He has blue eyes. <laughs> he has blue eyes. So back in 1940, the artist painted this picture knowing it probably didn't look much like a 30-year-old Middle Eastern man from 2,000 years ago. This is actually what Jesus probably looked more like. This is a, an artist's rendition um, based on some artificial intelligence. And they're just saying, this is probably what someone in his mid-early 30s Middle Eastern looked like. But that's not the image that we have in our minds. So why did this artist paint this picture? Well, this is my belief. It's because we tend to gravitate towards things that we are like. And America is majority white. Our church is majority white, right? And so we tend to gravitate towards a blonde-haired, tan-skinned, blue-eyed Jesus. And that becomes the most reproduced image of Jesus of all time. We have built-in prejudices. 
We just do. But people come in all different colors, shapes, and sizes. And if we are only going to love those who are like us, that's not loving the whole world. That's not loving everyone. So I'm going to pick on the white people in this church because we're majority white. So there are 1.19 billion white people in the world. Sounds like a lot of people. That's only 16% of the population. 84% of the population is non-white. That's 6.21 billion people. And so if we only love those who have the same color skin that we do, we only befriend those who have the same color skin as we do, we're missing out on loving the entire world. We're falling very, very short. Now, if your skin color is not white, I'm going to pick on you as well. Same deal. If you only love people who have the same color skin that you do, you're falling short of God's mandate for your life. Remember this childhood song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of of the world? Sing it with me. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. So many of us know that, and I think we grew up singing that and thinking, yes, Jesus loves everyone, no matter the color of their skin. It doesn't matter, but we're missing a phrase. I think it needed to say, Jesus loves the little children of the world, and so will I. (laughs) Right? I mean, there was no mandate that we needed to do it. Just Jesus needed to do it, but that's not what... Scripture says we need to love everyone regardless of the color of their skin. So here's some questions I want us to ask ourselves. They're difficult questions. So just be honest with yourself. Do I reserve my love for others based on that person's appearance? How about this next one? Does the color of someone's skin affect my affection? Does a person's socioeconomic status determine if I want to be friends with them? And the last one, if someone doesn't speak my language very well, do I avoid them? Just be honest with yourself. Because if you answered yes to any of those questions, you probably have some built-in prejudiceness. It's in there. And that's not God's will. Someone's appearance should not affect our affection. James 2 says this, My brothers and sisters, Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, 
Let's say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Verse 8 says, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. The Scripture was speaking specifically to rich versus poor, but it's really, it, it applies to every single person, no matter what the situation is. We are commanded to love them all, and treat them all the same, no matter what. Here's your feeling. Racism, favoritism, and prejudice have no place in Christianity. Period. So here's a bonus assignment this week for the overachievers in the room. I know there's a few of you. This week, go out of your way to have a conversation with, have coffee with, have lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever, with someone who is different than you. Different age, different skin color, different, different language as their primary language. Just go out of your way this week and befriend someone who's different than you. Press against the prejudice. Press against it. Press against it. All right, that's the first way that we can love our brothers and sisters is just accept that they come in all colors, shapes, and sizes. The second one is to reject the hate. Reject the hate. This comes from verse 20 that says, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. All right, so what's the definition of hate? Because I thought it was like, you know, more but it really is just to feel intense or passionate dislike for someone. See, I labeled hate as I want to kill them. I mean, that was kind of my, my definition of hate. But that's not what the dictionary says hate is. It's just this passionate or intense dislike for someone. So have you ever hated someone? That's just between me and you. Nobody else will know. Just let me know. Deb, have you? Okay, yeah, nobody else saw that, Mike? No, nobody saw that, Ben? Here. No, Ben, no, Ben's never hated, oh, no, wait, there's a nod. There's a... <laughs> I have, I have, and, and, and here's the thing, we may think, well, I've, I've hated someone, but we got over it, I don't hate them anymore, you know, we're kind of beyond that. But I wanted to do a quick um, visual test to see if you have any of this hate still perhaps in your heart, okay? I'm going to put up some images, some photos of some of the most hated people or controversial people in the news today, okay? And I want you just to check your heart as each image comes up and just say, what are you feeling? Are you feeling intense or passionate dislike for this person or not? Okay, this is just a, we'll call it the hate test, all right? We're going to call it the hate test. Here's the first one. Will Smith, all right? There is, some people are like, I'm, I'm on Will's side, and other people are like, they're hating Will right now. You know, I mean, 10-year ban from the awards, and I don't know if you didn't see that, he, he slapped Chris Rock, if you didn't see in the news, on, on national TV at the Oscars. How about this one? 
Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Get some cheers. Do you know that he's at the top of most uh, lists that list the most hated people? Uh, Donald Trump's at the top of a lot of those. Okay, so if you uh, like Donald Trump, how about Hillary? You like Hillary? All right. Check your heart. Check your heart. Former Secretary of State. Here's one that's um, come up a lot recently, Vladimir Putin. And, uh, you know, so he's led this, this, really it's a massacre on the people of Ukraine, this war. Um, and I have to check my heart on this one. I'm like, have you ever, like, just wished someone was dead? You know, I'm, I'm like, thinking if, if he just died, maybe we wouldn't have this issue right now. And uh, that's not good, Right? Here's another one. How about Leah Thomas? Transgender college swimmer who recently won gold at the women's national meet. A lot of people are hating Leah right now. And this is an oldie but a goodie. Michael Vick, former NFL player who ran a dog fighting ring. And uh, some people will never stop hating Michael Vick. And I could put up photos of Adolf Hitler, Saddam Hussein, Genghis Khan. Um, and our culture says, you know, if someone is a bully, a tyrant, a mass murderer, a bigot, an abuser, or cheater, our society says it's okay to hate them. But God says it's not. We don't get to hate people, his creation, made in his image. We can hate what they've done or what they're doing, but we can't hate the person. Can't hate the person. One of the issues we have today is with technology and media and social media and our cell phones. Um, we have access to everything that's happening around the world. And so we see so much that there's such an opportunity for hate and bitterness and anger to, to dwell in our hearts. And let me just say, our hearts were not meant to deal with the world's problems. They just weren't. We have enough issues around us. Like, I don't have to look over into Russia to have someone to hate. I mean, they're, they're around me. I recently had a situation where um, uh, had, well, it wasn't that recent, but I had someone who had hurt our family, and um, I just, I was really struggling. I was really struggling. I wrote this down. I said, because I was, this is like part of my journaling, I said that pain was the gardener that planted a seed of bitterness in my heart, and then I allowed anger to water it, and it began to grow, and finally the seed of bitterness began to bloom into the ugly flower of hate. You know, it starts with hurt, but then we can water it and see it grow. And I remember in that situation, God said to me, he said, Clint, I see hate starting to grow in your heart. I'm like, yeah? Because <laughs> I, I can't live there because love and hate can't coexist. I can't be there with the hate. 
And so I had, to, I had to reject the hate. And many times that comes with something called forgiveness. Forgiveness is rough. It's hard. But forgiveness is a good thing. Let me give you some scriptures because it's a command from God. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then for those of us who, who count the number of times somebody sins against us and adds up the number of times you've forgiven them, um, Matthew chapter 18 is for you, it's for me. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Oh, we just forgive. Always forgive. Continue to forgive. Reject the hate. Don't let the root of bitterness take hold of your heart. Now, for some of us, this idea of forgiveness is scary because that's your protection for your heart is you hang on to anger and hate and therefore you won't get hurt again because you keep them at a distance. But know this, forgiveness is a command. It's, ex it's expected. Trust is earned. Trust is earned. You don't have to give trust. You have to give forgiveness. You can still protect your heart. Let them earn the trust, your trust. But you do need to forgive. Because again, forgiveness turns into bitterness, which turns into anger and eventually hate. I've quoted this before by Lewis B. Smees. He says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. It's to our benefit to forgive. Forgiveness is all about us. It's not about the other person. It's all about our heart. It's about keeping our heart pure, keeping our heart soft so that we can love the people around us, genuinely, genuinely love them. Because that's what God's commanded us to do. I want to end with telling a story. I debated whether or not I should tell this one or not. Um, and I might have said it before. Um, many, many years ago, I was friends with this guy. And a uh, good Christian man. And uh, friends with his family and stuff. And he started to make some really poor decisions. Um, decisions that, that cost him his place in the church. Decisions that cost him his job. Cost his his good standing name, and he was an outspoken Christian. Um, and so people knew that he was a Christian, but then he was doing some questionable business dealings, uh, ultimately end, end up costing him his marriage. And, uh, and it, was, it was hurtful. It was hurtful for his family, who I cared about. Uh, it was hurtful for, for me as a friend of his. And, uh, and I remember one day, I was uh, just rehearsing that hurt. You guys been there? You know, like It's just like you're just gardening it, right? You're just like, you're watering it, and you're, you're letting that hurt deep, you know, 
create some deep roots in your heart. And, uh, and I don't have visions very often, uh, but I, I believe this was one of those times I had a vision. I was just kind of, that, that was going on in my mind, in my heart. And I remember I, I had like a vision of heaven and I was walking up to this mansion and, and I, I had like the keys to it. I'm like, this is my house. I'm like so excited. I'm walking up to this mansion and this guy, all of a sudden the, do the door pops open and this guy comes out and he says, Clinton! That's because he always called me Clinton. He said, Clinton, we're roommates, all right? And I remember my heart kind of fell. I'm like, for all eternity, I'm with you? I'm spending it with you? And what God said to me in that moment, he just spoke to my heart. He says, Clint, he's a son of mine. He's made mistakes. And he'll, he's suffering the consequences of those mistakes. But what are you going to do if you hate him and he's in heaven and he lives next door or he's, he's in the choir with you or maybe he's your roommate? And I was faced with that. I'm like, Lord, forgive me for judging. Lord, forgive me for hating, for being angry. Because we don't know what heaven's going to be like. But we do know there are going to be some people there that we didn't think should be there. And there's going to be some people there like me. And every sin will be made known, right? Every careless word will be made known. We're all sinners, guys. We're all sinners. And we need to forgive just like we've been forgiven. And we need to choose to love instead of hate. And we need to let go of that root of bitterness. So your last fill-in is actually not very theologically correct, but... He says, we should reject the hate or they might become our heavenly roommate. <laughs> well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family and we will see you next time.